When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Oh, how do you not get goosebumps? I'm full of them. You guys have goosebumps yes, right now? Yes, I do. I can't wait to talk about this movie. Me too. Oh. It's an action movie rewind Friday here on Mackie and Judd. And that is potentially one of, one of the, maybe the greatest on-screen president of our lifetimes, Bill Pullman. Maybe. We can get into our real or there. fake president. I think I, he's pretty good. I, it, like right now, I would actually like Bill Pullman. Hold on. Bill Pullman might beat both Biden and Trump if he entered. If you played that you clip across the nation, would Bill Pullman beat both Biden and Trump? That's the question. I'm getting a call. <laughs> Harrison Ford, very upset. Okay. Well, Harrison save it. Ford. Save it. Harrison we'll get, Ford we'll is it. not happy. Yeah, it's also, me back my presidency. It's also going to be a Mr. Fix-It Friday. I've, I've got a way to fix baseball. A salary cap. We'll see if that helps the twins or not. But, yeah, interesting. Uh, but a shout out to Big Brothers and Big Sisters and all of the work Big Brothers, Big Sisters does to create one-on-one mentoring relationships with youth here in the state of Minnesota and around the country. In fact, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America is the oldest and largest youth mentoring organization in the country. 253 agencies across the country, uh, co- the country that operate in all 50 states. We're talking about more than 400,000 youth their families, their mentors, and other mission-critical volunteers that are part of the evidence-based mentoring program annually. This is a program that helps create business owners, that helps create uh, better families. You name it, that one-on-one mentoring relationship is a big deal. And our friends at Federated have helped raise millions and millions of dollars over the past several years for the Federated Challenge. So if you want to find out more about Big Brothers Big Sisters, how you can donate to the cause, federatedchallenge.org. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's an action movie rewind Friday here. Mackie and Judd, Declan producing. You can also find our daily Vikings discussions, Purple Daily, the podcast on YouTube as well. Uh, you can find it in audio form, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. And YouTube, where we have a comment section where people fight and call us idiots. One guy said something very derogatory about Judd in the comment section yesterday. Really? I don't remember what it was. What was it? I just... Hold, hold on a second. What did you do? It, what was it? It was the Kirk or... Turn bl- my mic on. It was episode five of Kirk or Blank. Yep. And someone made some comment about how, like, you just have to kick Judd off the show. He's lost his mind. He should not be on the show. And so I oh, suggested... 
Yeah. Maybe the next maybe the next episode can be Judd or Blank. Yeah. And we can just compare like Judd or this co host of Purple Day. Sean Mannion. Get Sean Mannion. Does he have something to say? Would Sean Mannion have a good YouTube show? Sean Mannion might have a, a, a better chance of succeeding on that side of the business than the actual football <laughs> side. So my thought was that you could give him his big break here and he could possibly. No, I'm sure it was Derek Carr, right? I'm was, sure the guy yeah. was very upset that I, yeah. hey, look, I crunched it. I, I did my research. I came to a conclusion. I think part of the problem with, with so, you know, we, we are on Purple Daily. We're going through all of these. We're going through every quarterback in the NFL and their three-year contract window. Would you rather have Kirk or this quarterback, Kirk or Joe Burrow, Kirk or Russell Wilson? We're, right. we're going through every quarterback. Yeah, you can't always say Kirk. And what happens is, like, we throw out a clip and the, we throw the Derek Carr clip out and people are like, why are you even asking this question? Well, A, there's been no sports for three months. Yeah. But B, we're literally going through all the quarterbacks. And so. you know what? To be fair to, to the person who filleted me, and I don't blame him, um, I have lost my mind completely. Like this is now what four months, three, three and a half, months, three and a half of uh, of COVID nineteen and all this good stuff. I've lost my mind. There's no question about it. <laughs> like if you like if you say is Judd as sharp uh, as we approach July first as he was was on March thirteenth? The answer is absolutely not. There is no way. At least you're being transparent. Oh, about I've it. completely good, good lost my bleeping mind. I, it's impossible not to. <laughs> like, what am I doing? I got home yesterday and watched not one but two soccer matches. You know, I actually, I'm grateful for the COVID pandemic, not because it has killed 120,000 people or whatever. I was going to say, what are you? Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful because it has introduced action movie rewind into our lives, which we'll get to later in the show. You're going to be the only person who says, you know what? COVID-19, not too bad. I, not too I, bad. Have, a, I have a great question for both of you regarding COVID and Independence Day that I'm very excited to ask you about. Good. So it's going to be great. And I know last week we promised Saved by the Bell rewind. That is still happening. We just ran into a couple scheduling things, and I'm completely and we'll take some prepared. Time off next week, we will. I am prepared for this. Say, by the bell, rewind is going to happen on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into action movie rewind here on this Friday, I wanted to float by you. We do every once in a while. We do a Mister Fix It segment here. We didn't do it for a long time, but we had a Mister Fix It last week. I have a Mister Fix It segment for you as it pertains to Major League Baseball and a salary cap. Okay. All right. So I'm looking at my notes here, and I did this, like, after a couple of White Claws on, like, Monday night at midnight. Good I was just you. up going through Wikipedia pages and stuff and Forbes articles. Well, I'm sure you weren't drunk. It was White Claws. Yeah, it was It was a— Some of the best ideas come from that. It was a light exactly buzz. because you're not drunk. It was a light buzz. <laughs> you too. Okay, go ahead. And so I'm going to spare you the weeds here, but I, I just, like, I'll, I'll turn my computer and the camera will show Judd here, but— uh, it's literally like just math up and down the page. I'm going to spare you the math on this okay. outside of the fact that Major League Baseball, if so th- this season, going into the season, or, or or like last season and this season, if you take like the average amount of money that, that teams are spending on payrolls, it's a $10 billion chunk of pie. And the there there isn't an official split. Like, there, like in the NBA and the NFL, it's, you get 52% of the revenue right. owners and players get 48%, and that's how the salary cap is set. And and they have a salary floor in those leagues also that makes it so, like in the NBA, if there's a $100 million salary cap, there's a $90 million salary floor, and that's how they know that the players are going to get like 47.5% of the money, right? Mm-hmm. Well, baseball, there is no such thing. There's a $10 billion chunk of pie. And if the owners decided, like they might going into next year, let's say, if the owners decided, you know what? We're going to band together and make sure that we shave a billion dollars off player salaries because we just don't want to, we want to make a little more money as the owners. There is no agreement in place that says, players, you get X percent of the revenue pie every single year, which is part of the issue, right? 
Like right. the players are just getting kind of screwed on this deal, and they're trusting that, well, the free market with free agency will just like and get yes. us to 40 or 50% of the revenue. Correct. So that, and that's, that's also why you see guys like Bryce Harper not signing until March when they come up in free agency because there are no parameters. Bryce Harper wants four hundred million. The owners are like, "Well, I mean, we're not going to give you four. We'll give you two hundred, and they just stare at each other until spring <laughs> training starts. Mm-hmm. So, so step number one would be figuring out what percentage the players should get of the pie, and then that would trigger a salary cap of some kind. Right. Okay. Well, the second piece to the pie is where does the revenue come from mostly in the NFL? There is so much national revenue coming in from the TV deals with Fox and with ESPN and NBC and CBS. I mean, they literally have a TV deal with every major network and and they make like nine or ten billion dollars from national TV and also from just like national merchandising deals and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the NFL, the NFL brings in like 60 percent of their revenue based off of national TV and national merchandise and things like that. Major League Baseball is about half that in terms of percentage. So the, so the second conundrum is, like in the NFL, they have enough national revenue right. that basically makes it impossible for teams to lose money. The NFL brought in $9 billion, and the salary cap for each team is like $190 million. The you local, start to do the math on that, they cannot lose money. In in football, the local cash that comes in, is a nice bump. It is. But that's what it is. It's it's a bump, whereas in baseball, it's crucial. Yes. Like, here's, here's the an example. Yankees don't want to share it. So nine, $9 billion, right, divided, you know, $9 billion, that, that would mean that each team is getting, like, just under $300 million from the national revenue that the NFL brings in. The salary cap is $190 million. Now, they have to pay employees and stuff, and I get that. They have to run a business. That's not all profit. So, anyways, to pull back out of the weeds, if Major League Baseball players were guaranteed 40 to 45% of a $10 billion chunk of pie, that means the salary cap would have to be between 130 and $150 million. You'd have to have like a floor of 130 and then like a cap of 150 or something like that. So my first question to you guys is, if, if there was a salary cap in baseball, if it was 130 to 150 and it was less about who could outspend the other teams, and more about which front offices could use the same amount of money more wisely, which is like that's how it is in the NBA and the NFL. Sure. Do you think the Twins would have an advantage over most of the other teams? Do you trust in their front office? If salaries were mostly equal across the board, would the Twins have an advantage compared to where they're at right now when the Yankees can just spend twice as much money because they make more money? Uh, the, this incarnation of the Twins front office definitely would. Uh, the previous one... Well, I, I shouldn't the say previous that. To one, be fair, the previous one ago. would at one time. Yeah. Uh, but what we saw last from Terry and the boys, they would not. But yes, if you now now baseball is evolving though, and, and the Twins are clearly, I think, towards the end of this. Um, I don't think that this would be. Oh my God, fifteen to twenty teams are clueless, and the rest are really smart. Mm-hmm. I, I think this would come down to a lot of smart teams. There would probably, I'm sure there'd be two or three that that would flounder and screw up and not do a good job. But yes, this current um, Derek Falvey run incarnation of the Twins front office, if you cap them off and said everyone is essentially on an equal playing field, which they are not now, I think that they would be in good shape. Yep, Dexter, are you? Because I agree with Judd. Like I think if if it was if the Twins and the Yankees were given the same range of hey, you both get to spend 150 million dollars on a roster, go. 
I think the Yankees have a smart front office, but I think teams like the Twins would be able to take advantage. You'd have like the tw- the Twins would be more like what the uh, you know pick a smart team in in the NBA that doesn't have a superstar or right. something like the San Antonio Spurs post Tim Duncan. Well, even in the NHL, I mean the salary cap. It w- it'd be nice if it was like fifteen to twenty percent more. I think of what it is. I think it goes up typically by like three to five percent the last five years, and I think it's like at seventy eight eighty million. But it allows teams like Minnesota to be in the running and get someone like Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. Now, mm-hmm. were the length of those contracts possibly going to be an issue down the road, or are they an issue right now? Yeah, they probably are. Yes. But it gives a team, a small market team like Minnesota, a mid-market team like Minnesota, a chance to go find prize-free agents. And I think, I think the MLB would benefit from that. But I think my bigger question is, would the Players Association also be on board with the salary cap? I think that's also part Hell of the Hell no. Right. Are you kidding? Well, but I might argue, like, the answer might actually be yes if they negotiate. Like, like here's why. Here's where it might be yes. If right now the players are only getting, like, 40% of the $10 billion chunk of pie because the owners are stifling the market, right? If they could negotiate to get 45% guaranteed and have a structure in place, they would say yes. Yeah. Say, all right, we're going to. But, but, but then the question becomes, which, like, this is the next step of this. If if all of a sudden now the Yankees are not able to spend an extra one hundred million dollars on their payroll, mm-hmm. you might look at that one of two ways. From a competitive standpoint, they would say, "Well, wait a second, not, like we're not going to win the World Series." Well, they haven't anyways, but like we're not going to be winning ninety games every year, maybe right. because now the playing field is even. But they might also say, as an ownership group, "Oh, you're saying that we can save a hundred million dollars on payroll every single year and just use that money for profit, maybe fund the Rays a little bit because they'd have to." The Rays would need more funding to get up to 140 million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's like that's what right now. That is what's preventing a salary cap in Major League Baseball. A salary cap in baseball would cause. I think. I think you could do it. I think you wouldn't see baseball for at least two years. Uh, your biggest. <sighs> your biggest problem is this: the entire league. We don't care about them. It, the two-year lockout slash strike would would be triggered by the upper echelon of players. And one agent in particular, Scott Boris. Scott Boris and Scott Boris players are gone. They are not going to, and in any way, shape, or form, the the Bryce Harpers of the world are not going to agree to this because it would bring their salary down, and those are going to be the hardline people. The uh, question internally in the league, though, is this one, too. So if you do this, and now the Yankees have all of you know their TV cash coming in and it's huge and the Dodgers same thing are they going to share it more are they going to so I get where you're going and I think from a competitive standpoint it would probably be ultimately it'd be weird at first but I think it would ultimately be more fun across the board for fans because you know what the hell the Pittsburgh Pirates hire a good GM and now they can compete consistently yeah um, but I think your upper echelon of players and your and your high revenue Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, Angels type of teams, I think that you would have a fight that would probably mean that you wouldn't see baseball for a couple of years. But what you but the one thing you would say to the Yankees and the Red Sox and the the Dodgers, those high spending teams, is you no longer need to feel the pressure to spend two hundred fifty million dollars on your payroll. We are gonna we are gonna cap it at one fifty, and therefore right. you put an extra hundred million dollars in your pocket. But then if they but then if the revenue split with players is going to become a key thing, the Yankees all of a sudden are gonna have to pay more into that Correct. pie to help out. To help and the raise and the A's and, and the cheap pull heads. And that's where they're going to say, Hold on a second. This is our deal. The key to football is you don't have 
aside from exhibition games, you don't have one local telecast in football. Yeah. And so so football can say, well, yeah, the Giants are, are important, but the Packers game is too. And perhaps the Packers game, more important. The Yankees will always say, our games on, yes, are the most important <laughs> thing. And look at the cash that we get from that. And the Dodgers say the same thing. Um, but from a fan's perspective, I think your proposal is sounds fun to me. So you're uh, you're going down another street that we should go down, which is if baseball were to ever have a salary cap, you'd either need one of two things to happen. The rich teams would have to fund the poor teams more than they are now. Because for the Tampa Bay Rays and the A's and the cheap poll ads, I'm just kidding. The poll ads are not in this category. But if you're the Rays, the A's, the Pirates, like the the five uh, le- like lowest revenue teams, for you to operate at a 130 to $150 million payroll when you're only operating at a 70 to $80 million payroll right now would mean that you would have to like go bankrupt as a business. Like you would, you just, they don't make enough in their local revenue tickets, TV, et cetera, yep. to spend $130 million on a roster without taking money out of their own pockets as billionaires, right? Mm-hmm. Which they don't want to do. Um, and so you'd like the Yankees would have to be funding and the Red Sox and the Phillies would have to be funding the Rays, the A's more than they already are. That would be one way to do it. The other way to do it is create more national TV revenue. And maybe that's where you start to talk about expanded an playoffs. expanded playoff where you add an extra week of a, of some kind of a sprint, a wild card sprint. Could there be a midseason tournament of some kind where you win the midseason tournament? You're in the playoffs. A first and a second half. Could, Could you generate get off of that? Possibly. Could you get an extra billion dollars off of a midseason this? tournament? And how and about an we season? start? If if we explore your idea, how how about this one too? How about we kill the A's and Rays? Just kill them. <laughs> you know, love, I love contracting. That's one teams. way to do yes, it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Contract contracting sports is always good. It 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 takes a diluted talent pool and it tightens things up and it gives you a more competitive product. But the other thing is. The Rays and A's, clearly, okay, they've been given a chance, cannot get their act together. They simply cannot. Even though they win and all so, the time. Yeah, but amazing. I would argue that at some point in time, if we're going to explore the path, Phil, that you're talking about, that the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and the high revenue teams should not be responsible for the ineptitude of those markets and the fact that as far as trying to to generate cash flow, they can't get started, right? So how about if we're going to explore this, we get rid of two teams that, or you know what, they get new ballparks, but finally we decide. Like this whole thing every year, I'm so sick of this thing with Oakland. Every Well, they got a ballpark, it's gorgeous, they're going to build, here's, here's the artist renderings of the ball. It's never going to happen. Yeah, woof. So let's just, let's either make a decision and, and let's turn those teams into profitable, nice little teams with ballparks, or screw it, pull the plug. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I would be sad to see the Rays and the A's, the little engines that could go away. And I don't, I guess I don't really understand how I get that Oakland is not San Francisco in terms of revenue, but like the general area that the A's well, play in is full of money. It's because yeah. the so Gi- it doesn't make sense because the Giants um, have the ability and block them from go from going, I believe, to a place like San Jose where they could get a stadium for sure. Okay. The Giants block that. And so basically the Giants say, you can stay in Oakland as long as you desire, but that's it. But if if I am if I am a big market revenue team, the one thing that I'm not going to do another proposal that you were talking about, Phil. The one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to fund franchises that have no chance. So, like if it's Pittsburgh, okay, cool. You know what? Don't don't really like it, but I'll do it. 
But with the, I'm not going to fund a team that plays in the Oakland Bleeping Coliseum or in the Dome in Tampa. I'm not doing that. I'm not. Go, I'm not going to take my, all of the cash that I make and say, "Hey, here, burn some of this." Yeah. That's yeah, my one like, thing. And here's the other thing. All right, if let's say you were to get rid of the Rays and the A's, mm-hmm. and maybe even like let's, let's just start with the Rays and the A's. Because those are the two teams that would have to be if if a salary cap was between one hundred thirty and one hundred fifty million dollars, which is what the players would want, and like they'd want their four to five billion dollars. The math equals that that it would have to be like one hundred forty million dollars per team. Okay, and the Rays and the A's simply cannot afford that. The Yankees would have to help them be able to afford that. Correct. The Red Sox would. Correct. If you just got rid of the A's and the Rays, would your national TV revenue go down? No. Hell no. no. It would not. Yeah. So, so the logical move is get rid of those teams. I'm with Judd on this one. Sorry, appreciate you, Moneyball. I will it's ex- been a great run. I will explore Tropicana. what you're saying if I can do that. Okay. Or, or or guess what? They get new stadiums. Right. Well, but we, let's we make the fix, decision. We just fix baseball. <laughs> yeah, with a lockout that's going to last until 2028. Judd will contract teams in all sports leagues, though. Judd loves contraction. Loves the idea Hockey of needs contraction. Hockey should have it. Baseball should you know, football, I don't think I can justify it. Is there a market in baseball? I'd like baseball... to move Jacksonville. Oh, I hate Jacksonville. What a terrible city. It is. <laughs> is there a market in baseball right now that should have a team but doesn't? Like, all right, Tampa's not, Tampa's not working like like you wanted it to. Well, the one that's been talked about, and I don't know if it's legit or not, and a good idea, is Montreal. Going back to Montreal. But why wasn't that legit 20 years ago? Because they couldn't get a stadium. Again, if you can't get a stadium... We can bitch and moan about stadiums and, and who pays for it. You know, it's coming out of the taxpayers' money. We can do that, play that game all day long. I don't care how you get it done. You need to get it done now. Like, the Oakland Coliseum is not cute. Wrigley, God bless it. Remodel it, keep it going. Fenway, same thing. Have you ever been to the Coliseum? It's a piece of bleep. It's a piece piece of garbage that has a sewage problem, it which leaks poop, which leaks yes <laughs> feces. Okay, we do not need to be in that stadium. And and Tampa is the same thing, Phil. That's a you know, I mean that that place was built in the eighties. It's terrible. And so as far as those parks go, I don't care if the taxpayers pay for it. I don't care if it's private fund. I don't give a damn. Just get it done or get rid of that franchise. But baseball's a weird one, Phil. I don't think that there is a city it because uh portland's been talked about too i think that's too, too small though but i think it, too small. it might be but i I don't think there's a city that jumps off yeah. the page as far as that place needs a baseball Again, team because it, it's it's baseball is so reliant on local tickets and local tv you just have to have enough people in a market once you start to get outside the top 30 markets in terms of population it sure. just becomes harder sure. to put you're almost better off Finding another big city like they did in New York and Chicago and L.A., finding another big city and putting another team there. But then the the, the current team in that market yeah, would put up a huge fuss. It. Yeah, exactly so, right. I mean, yeah. it'd be cool to see Brooklyn get another team. That would be neat. But, like, the Yankees and the Mets them. would say zero uh-huh. chance that happens. And, like, Vegas is always intriguing. But, man, it'd be so hot at a Vegas ballpark. Yeah, build a dome. Dude, can you imagine? Could build a dome, Dex. Second right. dome. So we just fix baseball. Yep. If, if, if anyone wants yeah. to know, like, this 20 minutes, we just fix baseball. Yeah, and players are c- coming here right now to kill you because of that. <laughs> but that's not the main attraction for today's show. Notes. Action Movie it? Rewind is the main attraction. That's what you get! <laughs> Look at you! Ship all bang up! Who's the man? Huh? Who's the man? Wait till I get another plane! I'm lining all your friends up right beside you! <laughs> 
Welcome to Earth. That's what I call a close encounter. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Independence Day. Just the one-liners. And the one punch. Just one punch of the alien. He's out. Pops that alien The alien was face. ugly, though. Ugh. Aliens are always portrayed as ugly, which is a problem I have with this. It's all it's it's it, you're you're alien profiling in these movies. But we'll talk about it. Luther Brookdale Toyota is a great spot if you're interested in oh I don't know the best service department and vehicles in the state of Minnesota right now for my money anyways. So Luther is uh, is offering some beginning of the summer specials right now on pre-owned Camrys and RAV4s, zero percent interest for sixty months. On all certified pre-owned Camrys and RAV4s. I've been driving a 2019 RAV4 the last year or so. And before that, I've been driving Camrys and Corollas. I can tell you when it comes to uh, gas efficiency and in in terms of the RAV4, spaciousness of an SUV, but handling of a Camry or a Corolla, all of the safety features and also all of the technology, which includes the uh, Entune system and Apple CarPlay, essentially turning your vehicle into a smartphone. Any audio app that you have on your phone, you can just connect it right through the dashboard and tap Score North. You can tap Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Uh, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com and 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard decks. Yeah, quick thank you to DennisKirk.com for supporting Score North and Mackie and Judd. Dennis Kirk wants to share details on an important event that we are proud to partner with. The 2020 Patriot Ride is back for at least one ride. This year, you build your team, you pick your route, you ride. Since 2006, the Patriot Ride has always been about thanking our veterans, recognizing our servicemen and women, and honoring our fallen soldiers. This is what the Patriot Ride represents. This is why this event has meant so much to so many. Through the years, countless people have helped bring our community together to show their true patriotism. Mackie and Judd wants to thank all the organizers, volunteers, riders, supporters, and every person that has supported the event. The dollars raised by the Patriot Ride benefits the Minnesota Patriot Guard, Minnesotans Military Appreciation Fund, and the Minnesota Chapter of Tribute to the Troops. The 2020 Patriot Ride wants you to ride, to share, to remember. Here is your chance. Head to PatriotRide.org for details and to register yourself, register a team, or just donate. That's PatriotRide.org. The 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Welcome to the party, pal. Action Movie Reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother... That's right. Welcome in. It's Action Movie Rewind. Every Friday here on Mackie and Judd. And today, a week earlier, just so you can, we can give you the whole week, we are going to celebrate our Independence Day. 1996 blockbuster. And I was wrong in our, we were just off mic there for a second. This was not Will Smith's big breakout film. He had he had sort of three in a row. Uh, Bad Boys was 1995. Oh, okay, yeah. So bad, bad Boys was 95. He was he was still doing Fresh Prince until 1996. And then Independence Day was 1996. So was, this is right at the end of his Independence Day run. And then Men in Black, which is basically Independence Day, like pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh Men in Black was 1997. So he went he went 95 Bad Boys, 96 Independence Day and the rap on Fresh Prince and then uh, and then Men in Black. So it was it was um Will Smith that year, Nicolas Cage, 
Who else? What's the line? Do you have? Do you have? Let's just Google. Well, I'm saying 1996 was Twister, Bill Pullman, Independence Day, A Time to Kill. Oh, man. Space Jam, Matil- Scream. Matilda. There was a ton. 96 was a Mission huge, Impossible? The Rock. Mission Impossible came out that's in 1996. That's, that's a good year. 96 was a oh. huge. Jerry Maguire came out Space, that year. Space Jam. Yeah, I just said that. Okay. Happy Gilmore. Oh, man. Fargo. Did you say that too? No. Okay. Oh, yes, I did, I think. <laughs> train, train, sp- train spotting. 1996, though. Scream. What a, what a love, year for by, movies. By the way, I, I love Scream. Scream's a great moment. Yeah. Really good. I, I, was, I, I do feel like, especially if sports get canceled for the rest of 2020, which I, I would not take that off the table. I know. If sports get canceled <laughs> for the rest of 2020. What do you mean? We're doing great as a country, Phil. I'm. We're handling COVID-19 okay. perfectly. We set a new record yesterday yeah. with like 40,000. Where do you go, Texas? Great. Shut flat, it all down again. Flatten the curve. So, uh, so if we don't have sports, I, I propose, in addition to adding Saved by the Bell Rewind, which is going to happen, I propose horror movie rewind and chick flick rewind. Or rom-com. Rom-com, rom-com. rewind. Yeah, rom-com. alliteration there. You're good. Let's start with Scream, then. It's my turn to pick. I love Scream. Okay. Scream's a great yeah, film. Okay. But today, it's all about action movie rewind, mm-hmm. Independence Day, and here's the summary. A group of intrepid humans attempts to save the Earth from vicious extraterrestrials in this extremely popular science fiction adventure. The story begins with the approach of a series of massive spaceships, which many on Earth greet with open arms. Oh, this is great. There's aliens. We got it. Yeah, yeah. So much fun. I love that. They're looking forward to the first contact with alien life. Unfortunately, these extraterrestrials have not come in peace. And they unleash powerful weapons that destroy most of the world's major cities. Yeah. Thrown into chaos, the survivors struggle to band together and put up a last-ditch resistance in order to save the human race. This effort is led by a group of scrappy Americans. Of course yeah. it is. Scrappy Americans. Of course. They're scoring greasy goals? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a- it's Zach Parisi. It stars Zach Parisi. Al Clutterbuck. In the corner. That's right. Including a computer genius who had foreseen the alien's evil intent. That's Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. A hotshot jet pilot. Was Will no one Smith. else available? What do you mean? He was What's wrong with Jeff Goldblum. He, he has a ton of experience. He was in Alien, dude. I will well, guarantee you. Sigourney you, Weaver probably turned I it will, down. I will guarantee you right now that that Nicolas Cage turned down the Goldblum part. Wait, was Jeff Goldblum an alien or was he just in The Fly? He was in The Fly. Okay, I don't know if he, he's he been was in sci-fi in, movies, but I will guarantee you, Nicolas Cage was called before Goldblum, and he did The Rock or something else. I couldn't find anything about like who, like some of the casting stuff. Maybe I missed it on the Wikipedia page. No, but, I don't think you did. I don't think you did. But uh, and the president of the United States, Bill Pullman. While some critics objected to the film's lack of originality and lapses in logic, I didn't see any of those. The combination of grand visual spectacle, this won an Academy Award, I believe, for like visual production or something. And crowd-pleasing wow. storytelling pro- uh, proved irresistible to audiences, resulting in an international smash hit. 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. And get this, $817 million at the box office on a $75 million budget. I remember Woo! I remember when it came out, and, and I'm not a big sci-fi uh, guy, so I didn't go see it. But I will tell you, all my friends did. I, I was 26 the year it came out, and it was a huge deal. And, and I remember a calling card, which we, we can talk about because it's it's in retrospect sort of funny. A calling card was the special effects. You got to see the special effects. Yeah. yeah. So but some that of the, time, just some of the stars in this movie: Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, Randy Quaid, Robert Loja, Vivica Loja. A. Fox, Robert. Harry Connick Jr., and the dad from Wonder Years. 
all in this movie. Dan Loria, yeah. Harvey and, Firestein, too. Don't forget Harvey Firestein. Yeah, that's right. He's yeah. so great. And also right, uh, Alex, the, the one of the roommate, one of the gals oh, on top of the building. Saved, saved yeah. by the Bell, the college years. Yes. Got killed pretty early in this movie. <laughs> because she was celebrating the her on top of the skyscraper with that group in, I think, LA? Los Angeles. is so funny. Oh, yeah. oh my God, it's yeah, great. Yeah. So let's start with Judd. What was your favorite part about Independence Day? Oh, there's, there were a lot. This was fun. This was, it, it, it violated our code on length, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think, like, our, I, I would say that our two-hour cap is like the NBA cap, where, like, you can go it's over. It's a soft cap. It's a soft, soft cap. cap. Yeah. Okay. I got a lot of parts here. I got a lot of notes. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm going to give you big picture first. My favorite part was the absolute celebration of death. I loved the fact that the majority of people they killed, I was delighted. Absolutely. St- starting with Harry Connick Jr. Oh, I watched it with Dawn, mean? and I turned to her and I said, they've got to kill him quick, right? And she's <laughs> like, yeah, I think so. And like he's, but but it's such a hey. I've got the you know we're we're about to die, but I'm gonna crack wise here right before I die. I've got the world out of string. Yeah, exactly. I'm like he's Harry Connick Jr. He's like singing, and you're like he's gonna die. It's great. Uh, so my first let's fly away. And like Will Smith, is, it was just great. But anyway, um, the celebration of death is it, because everybody that they kill, down to that weird wacky uh scientist guy who's had who's who they find and he's the do, wacky doing scientist who gets uh, killed by the alien that yes, they thought was dead yes he's yeah. doing he's he is is oh, conducting geez. what what he thinks is an autopsy and then you see the the fin move or something that was actually that was legitimate alien. that jarred me when they were cutting okay, open the yeah. alien's head okay. and, it, and it splits open but that guy had to die you were you're you're like this guy has to die yeah. and the sooner the better so my first thing is the absolute celebration of death and and the fact that no death slowed that film down. The president's wife dies and they're like, oh man, she's gonna die. Oh man, honey, I'm gonna miss you. Okay, bye. Yeah, Bill Pullman like he just very, rebounded. very quickly rebounded from his yes. wife dying. Yeah. So my so my favorite thing was, was if there was going to be death, and there was, and there was a lot of death. They weren't going to, for one second, allow that to slow the pace of film. And I'll actually say this. I applaud that. It was, I, I turned this on really late last night. Like, I turned it on, like, at 10. And it was, like, 11.30 when that scene happens where his wife dies. And I'm, like, visibly shaking and audibly crying, sipping another White Claw. Like, oh, my God, that was the saddest thing ever. He wasn't. I was. Bill was Pullman was fine, Dad. Was yeah, when he has to tell his daughter, his daughter asks, is Mommy sleeping? sleeping? And he says, yes, Mommy's it's sleeping. Like, that's, that's but the kid cool. rebounds, too. Yeah, the kid, the kid just moves on. The kid's like, hey, this is cool, Dad. What's next? Let's go kill some aliens. Yeah. All right, Deck, what was your favorite part about Independence Day? Oh, it's bar, it's Randy Quaid, man, bar none. I, 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 love, I love Randy Quaid so, so, so much. His entire character is absolutely great. He basically just plays the same character from Christmas Vacation, Yeah, he's right? Cousin Eddie. He's Cousin Eddie if he got abducted by aliens. He lives in an RV. He's got three kids. He, he plays himself. He's that weird. Yeah. Like, he is a completely bizarre dude. And I love the fact that that Randy Quaid, for the most part, is cast as Randy Quaid. Yes. And, and so, I also love before he goes into the plane to, like, fight up, he had shaved his beard. Like, someone told him, like, hey, shave that beard before you go up in the plane. <laughs> okay, that's actually, like, so I, Randy Quaid's great. 
the, those are a couple of the questions I have about his character, and that so they put together this plan. And by the way, I have the plan outlined. We will go through the plan to save the world one by one here I, in a second. ABC, yeah. We're looking for pilots, but oh, but Randy great. Quaid. So they're looking for people to help save the world. And Randy Quaid. Two things about Randy Quaid. Number one, he has experience with these aliens because, as Declan said, he was abducted by the aliens, and I believe sexually assaulted. He said Apparently. by the aliens. The too? accusation is made. Okay. By his buddy, or or a guy says, "Did they do something sexual to you?" Yeah. So, so you know, some weird stuff happening yes. with Randy Quaid's alien abduction, but also it was made very clear that they have a five-hour window. How much time do we have? We have five hours to save the world. Yep. And at the beginning of that period, Randy Quaid is bombed. He's, like, drinking whiskey out of a bottle. Yep. And sometime within, like, he drinks a couple cups of coffee, and he's, Keep like, coming. Fly, he's flying up an Army fighter jet they or whatever. They time, dude. <laughs> he just bombed. Bottle to throttle was not a, a problem <laughs> that they could slow down for. They couldn't do the uh. long wait. Amazing. All right, my favorite part about the movie is Bill Pullman as the president. Oh yeah, and I went to I went and did a little Google search. Esquire magazine actually ranked the ten best movie presidents of all time. Okay, and and I'll give you the top five. But I just think in terms of movie presidents, his presence, the fact that he overcomes thirty major cities getting blown off the face of the earth, his wife dying. And essentially, like, a five-hour window to put together an unprecedented plan yep. to fight alien spacecraft. Not only does he put together the plan, he jumps in a plane yeah. and helps fight the alien Sir, spacecraft. May I ask what you're doing? I'm a fighter pilot. I'm a fighter pilot. They just, like, let the president go up and, all right, whatever, dude, cool. Like, all right, Bill, you flew a plane back in Nam, so get up there again. <laughs> That's yeah. like what happened, right? Yep. Um, so Bill Pullman, uh, definitely my favorite part of this movie. The top five movie presidents, according to Esquire, I haven't seen all of these, but in the movie Deep Impact, Morgan Freeman was President Beck. He's number five on this list. Never seen it. Number four is Kevin Klein, President Dave Kovic from D- the movie Dave. Mm-hmm. I actually have not seen that either. Number three is definitely, I forgot about him, but number three is Andrew Shepard. Michael Douglas played President Andrew Shepard in The American President, which is a oh. great 90s movie. Never heard of it. Judd, have you seen the American I, President? If I have, I don't recall. It's excellent. I recall the film. I don't don't recall if I've seen it or not. I recommend, don't. like, if you guys get a chance this weekend, Michael the Douglas. American Michael President should be good. Great. Um, and then number two, uh, actually, uh, the American President, the co-star of that movie is Michael J. Fox. So Michael J. Fox yeah. had his his run of of uh, Back to the Future movies, and then the American President, he was like the chief of staff for the president. Bill Pullman ranks number two on this Ooh, list wow. as President Thomas J. Whitmore in Independence Day. Okay. And number one, do you care to take a guess? Not Harrison Ford, huh? Um, it is Harrison Ford. Okay. Yep. Yeah, get off James my, Marshall. Get off my plane. Get off my plane. Get off my plane. Yeah. He was pretty good at that. All right. Your least favorite oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, sure. Bill Pullman, two things, okay? Two things that were just great. One, he's got one expression. And it's very Harrison Ford-like. It's the turned-up side of the mouth expression. It's just like one side is sort of turned up, and it looks like a smirk. But the other thing that I absolutely loved about the president in this film was his wife could die. Washington, D.C. could be wiped out. The whole country damn near wiped out. His hair never moved. It doesn't. His hair, he never had. I never saw one where, where a tuft of the hair came down. It literally never moved. One of the most impressive feats I have seen from a president under pressure was the hair 
looked like a helmet. It never really moved. Those were my two yeah. observations. I couldn't get past. I I thought at one point they've got to muss his hair up, don't they? Like just for the sake of the pressure that oh, he's at. Not Bill never Pullman. happens to Bill Pullman, dude. He's got a he's, he's got some. It's sort a of great a, head of hair. Whatever moose he's using, man. That was a great head of hair. And I was kind of wondering. He I, never really changes. Stays in the suit all day. I did Google Bill Pullman 2020 because I don't remember seeing him in anything recently, but he's actually been a part of a four-season show on USA Network called The Sinner, where he's got gray hair and I've a gray heard beard. of it. I've never watched it. No. So it's called The Sinner. But, uh, and he was also in a show called Torchwood in 2011. Never heard of it. Nope. 1600 Pen as President Day, uh, Dale Gilchrist. He played a president on TV he was so five good. years ago. He was so good. He, he had to come back as a president. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at a picture. Oh yeah, the hair's moved now. Yeah, it's moved a little bit now. <laughs> yeah, so he's been he's been in all kinds of stuff. Uh, all right, what what about your least favorite oh. part of Independence Day? We'll start with Judd. Um, this is not their fault, and, and at the time it was probably considered to be outstanding. But my God, special effects in 1996 were a long way from now. <laughs> um, at I believe it's is it at the end where the spaceship has been destroyed, right? Yeah. So it's crashed to Earth, and it's in parts. And it looks like a big baked cake or something. But the spaceship, they're, stand, they're, they're supposedly, in air quotes, standing in front of the spaceship. And it's so clear that they're standing in front of just a giant picture. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can, like you're looking at that, and you're like, they're not even trying to make th- this look like a crashed spaceship. It just looked like a giant cake. They just sort of dropped and said, okay, that's that's the destroyed I mean, ship. It is 25 no, years I ago. I know, so I'm not ripping produced. them, but, but the special effects then that they probably, you know, bragged about and said, isn't this great? Mm-hmm. You're now like, really? In, oh, when the plane, when when Air Force One takes off, and and Washington's being blown up, right? And they like show it taking off, and there's like an explosion right behind the plane yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's now so clear that it just it's two things. It's like let's show this explosion, and then we'll show a plane taking off, and it's stuff like that that you go back now and you say to yourself. My God! At that time, we all celebrated it this was. as as special effects are incredible. Well, but so, do it again. But do it again. Twenty years fault. prior for Star Wars, like Star Wars at Absolutely. the time was. Oh my God! These special effects, and now you go back and watch, and it's like what? Exactly. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Uh, Declan, your least favorite part about Independence Day? Funniest part about it is because I loved Randy Quaid so much. I hated most of his kids, especially the older, like Diet Keanu Reeves looking guy. <laughs> I I thought. His character and his lines in general were just, like, all cringeworthy bad. I couldn't figure out really, like, what his purpose was. And, like, his younger brother has this weird sickness. Also, like, Randy Quay, like, we can't really figure out what's wrong with him. He, like, throws the medicine yeah. down. You didn't, we, we didn't really, you're right. We didn't really get an explanation. Like, Randy yeah. Quaid, you know, slams one of them against the door, like, my son needs a doctor. And they give him a doctor. But his kids in general just annoyed me. The one girl, like... Was thinking about losing her virginity, and then she's like, "Well, both diverge." I just their their kids annoyed the hell out of me. All right, least favorite part. I would say my least favorite part about the movie was the fact that the president of the United States wasn't even told about Area Fifty One and there being aliens in the nineteen. <laughs> he was pissed about that. Well, I would. Be Why too. didn't you tell me? Wait a second. Like I'm the president of the United States. Two words, sir. Plausible deniability. <laughs> I guess. So 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 that was part one of like a two part, ten minute detour where I did not enjoy this movie. It was just. How does the president of the United States not have any clue? And and the and the way that it was 
they had this group of people and they're trying to plan what's going on. And somebody asks, like, you know, hey, Mr. President, you know, do you know, how, how, how did we not know about this? Like, we didn't we capture aliens in the 1950s? And he goes, no, 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 that's just a myth. Like, there's no aliens. And then, like, his military guy goes, well, actually, sir. And then he informs him. So now he's informing the president that there are aliens <laughs> and that we did capture aliens <laughs> in the 1950s. And so instead of keeping it in the trust tree, all right. So apparently it's such a classified piece of information yep. that even the president of the United States cannot know. Yep. Oh, hell, let's invite 10 people in to go look at the aliens inside their area. 51. Including Judd Hirsch. Like the, in, in like the, the, little, dad. The, the kid, like they invited 10 people in uh, to go see the aliens and then and then. You know, Will Will Smith captures this alien, which is still alive, and uh, it drags him in, and they bring this alien in. And uh, I thought the part where the alien uses the doctor's vocal cords to like speak—don't we have that? Oh, there is much we can learn from each other if we can negotiate a truce. We can find a way to coexist. Can there be a peace between us? Oh. What is it you want us to do? Die. Oh my god. And it's and it's <laughs> rebooky. And it's revealed that oh, the no, entire alien it. civilization moves from planet to planet and consumes all of the natural resources and then goes to the next planet. Like, yeah, it just keeps taking over. They're like yeah. locusts. It's a real problem. Yeah. So, so you might want to loop the president in next time. Can I give I'm you saying. guys <laughs> one thing too, besides Phil's point, that made the film Unrealistic at times, but I don't get why they had to do it. All right. Will Smith's character. was It's a decent character. Great character. Yeah, yeah he's really good. You know, he cracks off fu- funny lines in times of pressure. Um, but here's what I don't get. But his relationship down to the fact that before he flew the mission with Goldblum's character, he got married. Like, I don't even need that. And and the one thing that I was like, this is it's character he, building. Just just kill the president's wife when, when she didn't come home instead of Will Smith's girlfriend finding the president's like that of all the people that she could stumble upon, yeah. and then they find their 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 way to Will Smith's character. Yeah. That was like, a little far fetched. But we didn't need any of that. Just say she's dead, okay? To I mean, she dies, and and Bill Pullman's character is there, and he barely cares. So it's like just erase that. This is an action film. Kill people. It's fun, and and have have weird stuff. I didn't get that, and that was the one thing where I was like, you didn't even need to do that. Uh, it was it, it was maybe the only part of the movie that felt unrealistic to me is that the, that these two people would find each <laughs> yes. other and the in world this is basically universe. the yeah. country's basically destroyed yeah. too, right? Can, can we go through the plan? I want to go through the plan yeah, to save Earth outline. step by step here. Okay, we had to find people, by the way. And it's all—it's always like the fringe weirdo American guys, right? That are brought into like Armageddon Absolutely, was yeah. the same way a couple of years later. So, <laughs> so here's the plan: mm-hmm. the aliens have a massive mothership and hundreds of smaller aircraft, if not thousands of smaller aircraft, because because they've got the mothership, and then they they have essentially put tentacles all across the world to take the thirty plus cities captive, to blow them up, and to take take them captive, right? Mm-hmm. And so all of these, uh, the mothership, and then also I believe the smaller aircraft are equipped with impenetrable shields. For yes, sure, they all are. Okay, yep. 
So, uh, so the Americans have an alien spacecraft that they did capture from the 1950s. So they've got like it's been around for 40 years. It's an old, uh, it's an old Ford from a Ford spacecraft <laughs> from the 50s. It's yep. a Studebaker spaceship. Uh, it crashed in New Mexico. Yep. And they've been restoring it and working on it for 40 years. And Will Smith says because in in the uh, Air Force's attempt to chase down some of these and shoot down some of these alien spacecraft. Will Smith steps up and says, listen, I saw how these things fly, even though I've never actually sat in one and they are alien spacecraft. I can confidently fly one of these. If you need me to go on a mission, I will happily step into this thing that I have no idea what it is. He's excited. Very confidently Mm -hmm. steps up and says, I will fly this wherever you need to. (laughs) And so at the direction of Jeff Goldblum, the Americans want to fly their 40 year old alien spacecraft up into the mothership and plant a system virus in order to disarm the impenetrable shields so that they can shoot actual missiles at the mothership, right? Yeah. And let's pause there for a second, okay? The aliens are smart enough and technologically advanced enough to be able to hop from galaxy to galaxy and planet to planet, Yes. okay? Sophisticated (laughs) aircraft that we've never seen before. And Jeff Goldblum, within like the first three years of the Earth's internet age, is able to program a virus that shipwrecks this advanced technology and and takes down their impenetrable well, shield. And with no internet in ah, space. Yeah. In space! <laughs> well, and don't forget too... Or whatever internet they're using. Yes. Probably not compatible with the 1995 virus that Jeff Goldblum is putting together. Don't, right? for, don't forget so though that, that Goldblum's character, a genius... Didn't think of the idea until his father said something about it being cold, mm-hmm. and then he got the idea from from shooting a Coke can off the spaceship that had crashed. And so his whole idea came from Judd Hirsch, thank you very much, for telling him, for just saying offhanded, it's cold. There, I mean, yeah. shouldn't the aliens, just with all of this, like, shouldn't the aliens have had a better firewall? I will say... Movies do a horrible job of, like, explaining the aliens' flaws. Like, in Signs, remember the movie Signs, Mel Gibson? Yeah, water was like their Water kryptonite. and doorknobs were their two kryptonite. Yeah. You couldn't, they couldn't figure, they could travel across space, they couldn't figure out how to open a doorknob? Are you kidding me? And from what we were told in this movie initially, based on the 1950s research of aliens, as Bill Pullman is being briefed for the first time on aliens landing in New Mexico, that it wasn't so much that the that the alien beings were advanced beyond what humans are. It's that their technology was advanced. Correct. But I think we found out based on like the superhuman strength of one of the aliens that like 40 years of evolution was very good to these aliens. Yes. Um, and I have a side question off that in a second, but to continue with the plan here. So, all right, well, so the, we've got a virus that can somehow penetrate uh, advanced technology and advanced uh, computer equipment. And once that happens, the defense shields will only be down for a few minutes. And so, the Americans are going to have to launch a very fast worldwide military airstrike counterattack, and you might only have like five minutes to do it, mm-hmm. right? And five hours to plan it, five hours to conceive it and to plan it. And so uh, Randy Quaid is the one uh, hammered off a bottle of whiskey. Uh, his last missile jams, and they just need one more knockout punch to the mothership, and he doesn't have a missile left, and they're out of missiles. And so he goes on a suicide mission and just flies his plane up into the mothership's main port. Um, Putting, suspending some reality, but including like what we know about what happened in this movie. Do you guys think this plan was conceivable enough? Like, do you think, 
<laughs> do you think this is what would have? Wait, hold on a this second. This is what would would have destroyed the aliens. They basically Randy Quaid just announced flying into the mothership. Anyone who can fly a plane, we're short men now because they're all dead. So can you people fly planes? And Quaid's like, oh, I'm just a little drunk, but absolutely. I was in now, man, and then the uh, president jumps in and flies one. Uh, no, I would say that it was not conceivable. I but I love how the the whole thing is. Well, we're a little bit short on manpower today. What can we do? Hey, let's get that guy to fly let's, a plane. Let's get that dude. Why is it that we always assume aliens are ugly? Has there ever been a movie where like aliens come in and they're gorgeous? They're they don't look like what our perception of aliens is. Have there been any newer ones like that? It's, um, in Marvel, kind of Marvel cinema, there's kind of like they're good that. looking. There's there's some good looking aliens. I'll be honest. It feels to me like until about two thousand. The the two the two um, staples of the business were aliens are ugly and Russians are bad. Yeah, and around nine around two thousand, I think that sort of changed just because it got old. But in ninety six, that was prime territory of they got to be ugly. Yeah. Um, do you guys believe in extraterrestrials? Hundred percent. I yes. do too. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm with Declan. I I don't even think it's a question. We're the only ones here. Yes. Yeah, it would be it would be far too much of an odd coincidence for us to not Correct. have some other Earth like planet light years away. And the twins still haven't won a playoff game in eighteen tries. Or more than one. There's probably more than one, right? I mean there, there's probably galaxies there's probably a bunch of them. It is crazy to think about. Like just how are we is the there dumbest? Just like another Minnesota yes. Twins fan base That's the out question. there somewhere? Yeah. That's the question. Are are we the dumbest? Because I think we are. My answer is easily. Yes. Probably. That's probably true. Yes. Um, another thing that kind of bothered me about this movie, since we're we're going through uh, all of the details here, so Los Angeles gets incinerated by the aliens. <laughs> yeah, right? it was like a just, tough day in L.A. L.A. just gets completely incinerated. Dodger Stadium's in trouble. And yet Will Smith's wife, Vivica A. Fox, and the little kid, they just, like, duck into a closet in the tunnel. Yeah. The, it's and like a gap. don't die? Yeah, it's like a gap. Well, Everyone and everything the gets best incinerated, was, including the tunnel, and they're just alive the at the end of it. The dog jumping in at the last second. The, the best was the dog, though. <laughs> yes. Like, the dog lives. Yeah. Everyone's dead, and it's like, oh, but thank God the dog lived. It's super weird. Here, Here's the death that we didn't see that I'm mad about still. And I, I watched this film on Tuesday. How do you not kill the Secretary of Defense, who they fired... But he he's the guy that basically was trying to tell um, Pullman's character, you can't do this. No, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. And finally, he's like, I'm, you're fired, okay? But how do you not kill him on camera? Like, his character was That's just gone question. then. Like, and why fire him? Kill him. Have somebody kill him. Have him shot. Yeah, like, I feel like there could have like been. Like, you're killing everybody. Yeah, there could have been, like, one last little, like, like the aliens, like, abduct him or something. Yes. Like, or, like, reach yeah. through the glass. Yeah. And like grab him and strangle him, something like that. Like that—that's a character that I, in a film like that, I need to see him killed. Yeah. Um, back to the extraterrestrials thing. Would you guys ever want to run into an extraterrestrial? I would not. So, like, I—I I am totally under the belief that aliens are uh, exist, <laughs> but I don't want to explore it. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want to go out and figure out if they exist. Also, so, like, I don't want the confirmation. I know it's conflicting, but. So if you're driving along on a country yeah, road like where, in western Phil? Minnesota, out in my old stomping grounds of Buffalo, you're okay. on Connie Road 33 or something, yeah. and and you see an alien, like well, not not the mothership, but like you see one of the alien spacecraft lands, and an alien gets out of it from like a half mile ahead. I'm out. You're driving back the other way? I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, but he'd probably, I'm creeping ahead a little bit. He'd probably stop. 
your car yeah. with, with some power ah, and blow it up. I love it. We assume that like I don't want to see them. Yeah, yeah. Like why? Why would I want to see? No, 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 no. That sci-fi stuff bores me too. The, I just believe it. The question, I believe it, but I don't want to see it. The question I had from this movie for you guys: yeah. would, would you rather? And this this might sound pretty grim, but I, I'm going to say it anyway. Would you rather die from alien explosion like this, where just they're just incinerating everybody? Or would you rather die from COVID? Because that's how I looked at this movie. Oh, when I was thinking about. That's it. not even. That's that's not even tough. Does it matter? Like you don't get to tell a story oh, no. after either one of them. No, it's door one. <laughs> I want to go fast. COVID would suck. Yeah, you're right. COVID. I would don't want to slow grind. I don't want to be on a on in the hospital ventilator. Ventilator. Yeah. Uh, no, no, point. no. I yeah, want to die. Right. No, bang like that. But there's a chance the aliens would kill you. There, there's a chance you could beat COVID. There's no chance you're going to survive. Obviously, the. But are you saying I'm dying? If I'm dying regardless, I'm taking door one, one? not door two. Okay. okay. Another question off like the incineration of the top 30 cities in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. So the alien's mission is to come in and, and, and do a hostile takeover yep. and, and basically just take all the resources from each planet and then move on to the next one. Well, if they're just incinerating the entire world, like what, what resources are they tapping into? Are they, are they, are they just oh. like, are they taking our corn cobs? Like what? <laughs> That's a good question. You know what? What resources? I didn't even think of that. Is it? Yeah, you're it right. It can't be like our gasoline. They're, I'm sure they're well. Like, what resources would they want from us if they're just here to kill everybody? My first thought was, well, wouldn't you be curious to try and talk to us first? Like, wouldn't you? You're meeting a new civilization. Why don't you, wouldn't you want to land and, like, meet our leaders and stuff and just see what we're all about? Oh, or do you know enough about us where you can just come in and kill everybody? But what resources are they taking? I don't really understand that. They're not taking our cars. They've got better ones. They're right. not taking our planes. They're not taking people either. Are they taking our oxygen? Are they like storing oxygen? I don't think they could have. That's what you know. What? It's a flaw in the movie. I don't flaw know. in the script doesn't make you sense. You found a flaw. Um, there's a few of them. You found one. What would you guys do if you saw a mothership spacecraft just sort of hovering over downtown Minneapolis? I get the hell out. Yeah, I'm out. Like those people that were like, "Oh, let's uh, let's talk to um, bleep that." I'm, I'm gone. I'm with Dex. I'm gone. See ya. Yeah. I'm I'm so far gone. Here's the funny thing. That film back then, you said to yourself, well, this is sci-fi. Man, this is a outlandish. Special effects are, are cool. Could never happen. 2020? If that happened today, I'd be like, this sucks, but I'm not surprised. I'm with you. I, it, if it, we had no. spaceships uh, uh, hovering above the IDS today, in, I would be like, you know what? 2020. What's the percent chance that U.S. Not Bank surprised. Stadium is an alien spacecraft? It looks like one. Yeah. Um, if I were to it list, looks like it just landed. It looks, it looks like Jabba's vehicle from Star Wars. What yeah. it actually looks like. If I if I were to list the stadiums, the football stadiums that I've seen that could qualify, Soldier Field, I think is first. Like so, Soldier Field, flat out looks like a spaceship. But U.S. Bank Stadium is probably second yeah. or third. That's a good one, Phil. Let's fly through uh, our last couple categories here. Uh, one that we added last week. Who is your favorite character in the movie? Oh, R- Randy Quaid for me. That's Randy Quaid. Quaid and and Firestein were great. I love Harvey Firestein. His his just <laughs> Bob, I gotta get you out of here. Oh, Robert Robert Loja. Yeah, Robert Loja. And good. then they just kill him too. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> they just kill. They just like oh no. I will say with Robert with Robert Loja, 
Great Family Guy spoof yep. on Robert Loggia. Oh, yeah. L. That's L-O-G-G-I-A. <laughs> oh, my God. Lo- o- it's Robert Loggia. L as in Loggia. Look o, over there. as in, oh, my God, it's Robert Loggia. G as in. <laughs> Get out of the way. It's Robert Loggia. <laughs> so good. But it feels like Robert Loggia <laughs> is playing. He's like from a 70s military movie. just Or like an episode of MASH or something. And he's just plopped into Independence Day as a guy from the 70s. So I thought that was good. But I'm going to go Randy Quaid. Okay. So Quaid, Quaid, both both of you yeah, guys are Quaid. Yeah, Quaid. I am going to, to go with what I deemed to be a great death. And the character was perfectly set for death. Connick. Harry Connick Jr. Wow. It was the perfect death. Because you knew. It, it was very, it was completely predictable. It was a quick appearance. You know, he was having fun. Hey, but let's go do this thing. And you're just like, no, you're going to die. But he did it well. He did it well. So Quaid was great. But... uh Harry Connick Jr. played uh, played the role of guy who had to die quickly. Right. I thought very effectively. All so right, just our, be a little different. Our definitive bad guy rankings. So this is what we have so far: Cyrus the Virus is number one from Con Air. Brad Wesley from Roadhouse is number two. Ivan Drago from Rocky Four is number three. Then we have Dennis Hopper from Speed. Angry terrorist Ivan from Air Force One. The corrupt senator from Hard to Kill. Chong Lee from Bloodsport. Bennett from Commando, Bodie from Point Break, General Hummel from The Rock, Sloan from Wanted, and the Russian military, the incompetent Russian military from Rambo 3. I would potentially start this conversation with the aliens in Independence Day being number one. Oh, Looking to take over the world. They're vicious. They're violent. I'm just like I'm just I'm just floating it out. I'm not married to okay, it, okay. but I think we should walk it down. I, I certainly don't think they're. It, it's the second entity that we've had as a villain here. So if you're going to compare the aliens from Independence Day to the Russians from Rambo Three, the Russians didn't oh. even kill anybody on screen. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, aliens the wiped out the 30 biggest cities in the world. Like the aliens yeah, did some major really identif- vicious damage. I couldn't really identify with them very much. I didn't feel I didn't feel anger towards them. My gut sort tells liked my gut tells me like they're in the four to five range, okay. Because even though no doubt that they killed a bunch of people, I still think how they were compromised makes them weak. Does that make sense? You yeah. mean that they were thrown off by yeah. a nineteen ninety five yeah. computer yes. virus? Old and that, school, that's a good point. Gold really gold holds them back. That's a good point. Yeah, and you know the thing too is is again they killed a lot of people who I was very pleased to see die. So I didn't feel I didn't feel something towards them. I just sort of felt like, well, okay. they're the obligatory bad guy here. Well, what if we go? What, what and if, I didn't like their ships either. Can we put those them a, cake-looking ships, man? Come on, give, give me a better ship. Are you are you putting them ahead or behind the corrupt senator from Hard to Kill? I haven't seen Hard to Kill. Judd, what's, what's oh, your? I'm putting them behind. I love the corrupt senator. So ahead or behind Chong Lee from Bloodsport? That's the territory. Yeah, put them ahead Who's, of Chong Lee. Who's next after Chong Lee? Bennett from Commando. Okay, they you know what? Bennett from Commando. That, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Declan is, I mean, yeah, they, he that's was a, awful. Bennett from Commando was just horse bleep. Um, yes. So they're just, we're going to put him right in the middle of I'll the pack Chong Lee is fine with me. Okay. okay. So uh, they're, they're seventh on really the list. I really hate Chong Lee. What if, if Chong Lee fought an alien just, in an unsanctioned underground mixed martial arts fight? Who wins? The alien wouldn't have protection. He does have more appendages in which to try and choke Chong Lee. <laughs> Chong Lee's stronger. I, I'd say Chong Lee kills him. Okay, but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a knockdown drag out. Be tough. All right, and now we get to our, our overall rating for this movie: one through ten Seagulls, Independence Day. 
Uh, right now, the rankings are in terms of our average, compo- our average composite score. Commando is the number one action movie we have reviewed. Roadhouse is number two. Hard to Kill, Rocky Four, and Point Break round out our top five right now based on composite score. What one through ten Seagal rating are you giving this movie, Judd? It didn't fit perfectly because actually it was meant to be pretty good at times. It did have uh, some blind spots which help it back out in the Seagal rankings. I'm going to give it an eight. I think an eight is very fair. Yep. Because it wasn't it wasn't purposely awful at all. <laughs> it had some spots where it probably disintegrated, but I don't think they meant it to. Sure. I think an eight is fair because I to be clear, I enjoyed it, uh, but the spirit of the Seagal is in the vein of the Razzie, sort of. So I'd say eight. To me, I have it an eight, too. Um, I think with the aliens being compromised and, and really just not fitting, I think, the true bad guy narrative, what we are looking for, right, in these action movie reviews. I love where Declan's going. I'm very proud so, right now. So I, I think the movie itself is a very, very good movie. In fact, 65% or whatever it is in Rotten Tomatoes, that's still that's like criminally low, in my opinion. Um, but I think the movie is very good. But in terms of our action movie cliche rankings, I would give it an eight. It's not a 10, but it's an eight. I give it an eight. I give it an eight as well. Okay. We all gave it an eight. Wow. Which, uh, which gives it an average composite score of eight, which puts it just outside our top four. It's a, it's a tie for point. It's a tie for fifth with point break. So Commando, Roadhouse, Hard to Kill, Rocky Four, and then Independence Day and Point Break are tied okay. at an eight. Okay. So there it is. That's our that's our review of I did enjoy Day. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fitting. Too. You know, you get uh, it's that time of year. We're looking for a little little cinematic uh venture. So I believe it's Declan's turn yep. to pick the next action movie. What do you got for so us? So I, I have five options here since I'm quote unquote on probation. So I have five options and I and I want to discuss all these with you and okay. see, see what we want to do here. I love to hear this. Okay. John Wick. I haven't seen John Wick. Keanu. John Wick is pretty John awesome. Wick's pretty good. Okay. I I never saw this one and it's recent. It came out just a few years ago and I've heard it's really good, but Atomic Blonde with Charlie Theron is supposed to be really, really good. Okay. I don't know if it fits the cheesy action movie thing, but it's on my list. Okay. I also have The Expendables from 2010 with Stallone and Jet Li and supposed to be pretty cheesy I think somebody on Twitter requested us to do The Expendables. Okay. I would say of all my options here, that one's probably fits our mold the best. And my last two, um, iRobot with Will Smith. Okay. And then this one does break our two-hour rule, but I know Mackie will be a fan, and I just love this movie, Casino Royale in 06 oh, with James Bond. Oh, my God, dude. Wow. But, but we did just, and this is, that's an wow. hour and 50 minutes. It's two and a half hours. I I don't know if we can go back-to-back to plus two. I'll vote for this. Okay. Casino Royale, we have to do it. We some have point. to do it, though. Because Judd's also never seen a Bond movie. Yeah, no, I and will this definitely. this is a great place to start, because technically Casino Royale, despite being like the 20th Bond movie, it's, is it's, a prequel to all the Bond movies. Interesting. Yeah. I will say this. I, I think that we should give the public what they want, The Expendables. Okay. To me. I've never seen The Expendables. I have either. not, and, and it, it's been requested, and I think that it's probably a good time to do it. Jason Statham, Sylvester Stallone, Jet Li. Old Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Mickey Rourke, I guess. Triple oh, up Terry, Sylvester. Terry Chu. Oh, Mickey Rourke. I love Mickey Rourke. All right. Steve Austin, Stone Cold. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. So oh, this is a good cast, X. And John Wick, I think, is definitely, like, among newer ones, we should do John Wick. I've okay. seen John Wick, and it's cool. it's just like... It's a it's a flurry of fists for but the entire movie. It's <laughs> Keanu. It's Keanu changed, right? Yeah, it's Keanu. It's Keanu. Yeah, I guess. but it's not the old Keanu. See, I mean, it seems Ke- to me that Keanu. John John Wick is more of a serious Keanu as opposed to the old school. Keanu. Wasn't just a dog. Yeah, he's da- he's a damaged soul for sure. Yeah. So all right, that's action movie rewind here on Mackie and Judd. Woo! 
Patrick Royce, what's happening with you this weekend? Twins have one player with cola, E. coli. Uh, e. coli COVID, uh, Could be that, too. Got to be Miguel, doesn't it? Well, we did do our Mount Rushmore of players who are most likely to derail this whole thing for the Twins, and he he made the Mount Rushmore. He, I said the other day, his time in the Dominican Republic is a endless journey on Space Mountain, isn't it? You never get, you never get off the roller coaster. It's unbelievable. And even, uh, you know, and all we're really worried about is if he still shows up looking like the Miguel we saw in spring training. Yep. In shape, you know, that's all we want. You know, we don't care about the other stuff. Although he is the only guy who would be blackmailed by an attempt by an alleged pedophile. <laughs> Generally, it's the other way around, isn't it? Yeah, ordinarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ordinarily. The pedophile's the bad guy, right? But in this case, Miguel was getting sued by the lawyer for the pedophile, alleged pedophile. So. Yeah, I would pay. I would pay that man good m- money to stay here during the um, downtimes in baseball. <laughs> yes, and here being uh, what in a in a three block radius of uh, yep. China or something. Yep. Right? I'll get you a nice house in Edina, you know, Miguel, and, uh, you know, have, have a good good uh, winter. So what a beauty. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the news today is that the Twins are scoping out CHS Field as sort of their, their secondary field for their taxi squad today, Patrick. Yeah, I just saw a piece where the Dodgers and the Angels are looking at, uh, like, uh, one of them is going to go to UCLA and the other is going to go to uh, Long Beach State or something like that to have their taxi squad. I guess they don't want 60 players running around one field. That, yeah. You know, as as a veteran of spring training in the 70s and 80s when they were in Orlando, where you took BP on one field mm-hmm. as you were preparing, that's a very good idea to not have not have oh, 38 different guys trying to take BP. That does it. That that you you know workouts used to take four hours in Orlando, and three and a half of it was batting practice as everybody else sat around. So uh, you multiple fields, getting these players to go other places, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, that's that's smart. Uh, so so what is going to happen here with stadiums, uh, for instance, in Texas, Astros, Rangers, Patrick, that allow people in here with this thing in those states spreading like wildfire? Yeah, I don't know. They might, uh, you know, we're still uh, a month away from playing games, so uh, let's not say that they that their plan right now might be to let people into the ballparks. But uh, right. if, if if Texas keeps going like this, they, they won't let them into the ballpark. Certainly, Texas wants an opportunity to show off its new stadium. That's for sure. Did you see the the, the picture from the I outside did. of that thing? Yeah, it looks like a practice shed for a football team. Uh, it's it's enormous. Now I was down there for Jerry Shirley's memorial service last year, and it looked like it was almost complete. It's huge, and uh, it's right across the street from the other one, you know. And it, it really looks kind of silly to be building another stadium when this other place is perfectly good. But uh, they really wanted the roof, basically, for the heat in the summer because they always thought that cut into the crowds, which it probably did. But uh, you would rather be outside now, wouldn't you? Because supposedly heat 
can kill this thing. Heat and sunlight. It's not working too well in Florida. No, I think maybe uh, all the, the one nice thing about this, the one nice thing, the one really bad thing about this virus is <laughs> everything they tell us about it is BS. It's a lie. They don't have any idea. <laughs> they don't have any idea. Everything they say is wrong. So, uh, you know, wait, wait till summer, boy. That heat will take care of this. It really will. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> Although they got to keep telling us that, you know, record numbers of cases is based on record numbers of tests, right? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, the, the percentage-wise of people being tested that actually have it, because now people are just walking in, you know, if they got a, you know, if they if they cough once. Uh, back when we were we were had limited testing, the people who were showing up felt sick, right? Now and now they, I don't think, uh, I mean, they were coughing and wheezing and had fevers and stuff like that, and said, "I got something." Now they're just if if a guy he has a you know a runny nose he's trying to go in and get tested. And that's what we had to figure out with with baseball and all, and other sports. Pat is like every every time a new headline comes out and it's ten times a day now. Oh my gosh, a, 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 a Detroit Tiger has has COVID and like didn't feel so. Yes, we're going to have positive tests on teams, and I think what has to be decided is if six Twins players test positive, what does that mean? Do they is is there a scenario in which they would keep playing anyways? Would they are they out for two weeks? Like that's where the discussion lies. Right now, they're making them uh, out for two weeks, right? Yes. And but here's the deal: if you've tested positive, do you have it? Do you have it? Can you spread what it? Do you, you mean? No, what, what if you have no symptoms? You can spread it. That's the concern. Allegedly. I don't believe anything. Right, do. but if I well, give it can, to you, Dusty you, Baker you and Dusty dies, we got a problem. Yeah, you can definitely spread it. Like it doesn't just, you know. Mm-hmm. But if uh, you 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 got it and your temperature is ninety nine point five, and you're not, you know, you don't have any symptoms, then I I don't know. It's like, you know, I I have no idea. You know they who's going to chance it, Pat? I the NFL is going to chance it. I know about I know as much about this as Fauci. <laughs> the <laughs> NFL. They don't know nothing. I I know I know more than Jan Malcolm. She doesn't know nothing. <laughs> she knows nothing. <laughs> I'm telling she you. She says, you know, you know. Hey, I got a good idea. They said uh, here at the start, let's put these sick people in nursing homes. That'll be a good idea. That'll work out well. That, that didn't. They did. They did real well with that one. Yeah, yeah, it didn't work out too well. No, but no, I'm telling you, Pat. By the way, nobody's done that story. I'm telling, I'm telling you, Pat. The league, the league that is going to go down the path that you just said, oh, no yeah. question. The National Football League. Yeah, a couple <laughs> people died, but we didn't. I mean, come on, we're trying to play. I was, I was talking to Seifert today just about something else, and we started talking about that. What'll it take? Dragging them off by their feet <laughs> at halftime. No. They'll put patches on their jerseys to commemorate the fallen coach or teammate, <laughs> and they'll kick her off at noon the next Sunday. That's right. As uh, as we said yesterday, Zim would have wanted us to play. Damn it. Right. Yes. Zim would have wanted us to play. Yeah, and Kubiak, too. Coming up next.
And we can all, as you said, we can all put a patch on the uniform, the one-eyed pirate patch. How about that one for Zip in honor of Chris you know, Collinsworth. Like a- Chris Collinsworth <laughs> does the slide in with a patch to honor my existence. <laughs> it is. You're you're right. Well, Pat, uh, we'll let you go, and you enjoy your trip up to the northern woods of Minnesota this next I week. I am where I plan to watch other people eat catch fish and then eat them. I'm not. <laughs> I don't want. That's the way to be. I'm always fearful that I would actually catch a fish that I'd have to do something with it. So uh, I let other people catch them, and then I eat them. It's a very good idea. That's the way to do it. Enjoy. Yep. See you, Pat. Okay. See you. All right. That's wrapping with Roycey every day here, every every uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, I should say, <laughs> on Mackie and Judd. Oh. That's how you do it. You uh, you make other people fish and hunt, and then you just eat the meat and the and the salmon, whatever. It's probably not probably not looking for salmon. You know what I was thinking about, boys? A sunfish. Last night, I thought of this one. If I'm the Vikings. I sign another quarterback that I really like. I sign the best available unsigned guy. So you sign Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, because you know what? Or Cam Newton, I guess. Right, right, right. But, like, we can't assume that your quarterback is not going to get this, right? No, in fact, this is a great point. This is, this is we, should do, we should do this next week. This is the most likely season that your quarterback will be out for some number of games, yeah. right? Yeah. Could, could be three games if he... If he gets it, it's two for sure, right? Yep. Let's just assume it's two, mm-hmm. and and if he gets it and gets sick, it's actually, probably a month. And if he gets it, it's probably three games because if he has to be away from the team, he can't. He wouldn't be okay. able to practice leading up to asymptomatic three weeks. But mm-hmm. if he gets it and gets symptoms, it's probably four to six weeks because your strength is gone. Tonight yeah. on Sunday Night Football, Sean Mannion leads the Vikings into Soldier Field. I think it might be irresponsible not to sign Kaepernick. Against Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. Let's do this next week. That's a great talk. If Trubisky like gets it, the Bears are going to be like, oh, no, oh. Mitch, you better go to the hospital. Oh, better quarantine for the rest of the year. All right. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap on Mackie and Judd. You can always help the show and support us. By giving us a positive review and a five-star rating on Apple. And by just telling a few friends that, hey, these knuckleheads are still doing their show. And uh, and Score North is still alive. We're just hoping that sports come back at some point. And uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next Monday. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.